and welcome to Primary Care Spotlight, the podcast that brings you all the latest news and insights from Cornwall Primary Care Training Hub. Cornwall Primary Care Training Hub is delivered in partnership with Kerner Health CIC, working on workforce development programmes across the Cornwall health and care system, and we are here to support all those working in primary care. So can you tell the listener a little bit about hand hygiene and why it's so important? So hand hygiene is one of the 10 standard precautions that you apply um, in every situation with healthcare contact um, that will break the chain of infection. And hand hygiene has been evidence-based, tried and tested since about the 70s. It's the most effective method at breaking that chain and preventing infections. Um, so a bit of history. So Ignaz Semmelweis was a Hungarian physician um, in around the 1800s. And he's often described as the saviour of mothers. And he discovered that um, the mothers who were going to the surgeons, and back in those days, it was really fashionable for surgeons to just be covered in blood at all times, um, quite theatrical. And the mothers that were going to them were uh, dying of puerperal fever, whereas the mothers who were going to the midwives, who had um, better standards of cleanliness for that time and used to wash their hands, were surviving. Um, and he proved statistically that it was hand hygiene that was reducing the incidence of mortality to below 1%. Um, whereas before that, it was much higher. Um, unfortunately, this um, information, it wasn't received very well. And the doctors were quite offended at that suggestion of hand washing and he was mocked for it. Mm-hmm. And he unfortunately did suffer a nervous breakdown. Um, and he ironically died from a gangrenous wound. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but he was, um, like I say, a real pioneer um, of his day for hand washing. So infectious germs, can they can survive on the environment surfaces for quite long periods of time and be transmitted um, from person to person or from the environment to person um, via either substandard environmental cleanliness or lack of hand hygiene. Um, and some bugs that are spread by the fecal oral route where they're expunged violently into the environment through feces of vomit. And then if you touch that piece of piece of equipment on the environment that's not clean properly and you don't wash your hands before you eat, uh, it can be inadvertently ingested. So these are all of the reasons why hand hygiene is so important, not just in the healthcare setting, but also um, out in the community and in your personal life as well, particularly after you toilet and before you eat. Yeah, if that isn't a good enough reason to wash your hands, I, I don't know what is. Yeah. <laughs> no, wash your hands before you eat. So what does good hand hygiene actually look like then? Um, so in order to do hand hygiene properly, do you need to be bare below the elbow? So that doesn't mean just no long sleeves um, or wrist watches. It means um, no latticed rings or rings with stones in them. You are allowed one plain wedding band because that can be decontaminated properly. Um, nothing you weren't born with on your nails. So like no nail varnish, false nails, things like that making sure that nails are no longer than the tips of your fingers. And that's because um, any if you're wearing any of these things, you won't be able to wash your hands properly and you're putting yourself, staff and other patients at risk. It's really important to make sure that um, we're monitoring ourselves for contact dermatitis. So if you do get dry, red, cracked, sore, itchy skin, um, making sure you tell your line manager and get a referral to your GP or occupational health. Um, because you won't be able to perform hand hygiene properly if you have this and it won't be safe. So you have your five moments of hand hygiene, so your World Health Organization five moments, and we do recommend that you do put posters of the five moments of hand hygiene around your practice to remind staff of what they are. Um, so your first one's before patient contact, and then before a clean or aseptic procedure, after patient contact, 
after contact with blood or bodily fluids and after contact with the patient environment. And you've also got to make sure you choose the right product. So alcohol gel, um, the pros of it are that you can use it in situations where there's no direct access to a sink, um, but you do have to rub it in until it's dry. It's that dry in action that kills the bugs. Um, and also it's in what is inactivated by what we call organic matter. So if your hands are visibly dirty, you do need to wash with soap and water. Alcohol gel also won't kill non-enveloped viruses like norovirus. It won't kill spores like C. diff and it won't kill parasites. Um, so if you have a patient with a known or suspected infectious intestinal disease, you should be washing your hands with soap and water. So soap and water works by physically removing the bugs from your hands. Um, if you're using an antimicrobial soap like hippie scrub, it will kill the bugs. But otherwise, you're looking to physically remove them, which is why technique is so important. Um, and you should be using soap if your hands are visibly dirty, after toileting or after contact with blood or bodily fluid. And the right hand hygiene technique. So it's a Professor Alif technique. He was the one who founded it in the 70s um, that we use. And that's the method that's used by the World Health Organization. There are other techniques used globally. For example, Canada have a different one. But this is the one that we use. And it makes sure that you cover the right amount of surface area and create the right amount of friction to get those books off your hands. It's also really important to know that hand hygiene is such an integral part of wearing PPE that people often don't give enough note to. So if hand hygiene isn't performed at the right times, then you could be contaminating your PPE and not protecting yourself um, and others. And it could also um, cease to be protective and propagate transmission. So making sure that you wash your hands before you put your mask on and after you put your mask on as well. So that's really good to remember. And what does best practice in primary care look like then? All clinical staff, well, all staff, clinical and non-clinical should have hand hygiene training and we recommend yearly competency assessments and monthly hand hygiene audits in the practice as well. Um, so I have developed some resources to help primary care with this. I developed a narrated presentation on YouTube just to go over what would be expected in hand hygiene training, because I know a lot of you do um, deliver this um, on your own in practice. And just some information about the UV hand gel tools that you can purchase if you want and how to use them. I've also developed a competency assessment tool that you can use and uh, signpost you to the audit tools that we recommend using, which are the Harrogate and District audit tools. And if anyone would like a um, copy of this slides that I use in the narrated presentation, please get in touch. I'm more than happy to send them to you for you to adapt and use locally. Perfect. All right. Great stuff. Thank you very much. Bye. 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 That's all today from Primary Care Spotlight. Thank you for listening and I look forward to you joining me again soon. For more information, you can visit our website www.kernerhealthcic.org.uk forward slash Cornwall training hub. You can also follow us on Twitter at Cornwall underscore TH and on Facebook at Cornwall Training Hub. To speak to the Training Hub team about how we can help your practice or career, please contact us at kernerhealthcic.workforce at nhs.net. If you have content ideas or would be interested in being interviewed for the podcast, please do get in touch. Bye for now.